Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, along with Josiah Canton as he's in the background. We are headed to the multiverse as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness just came out over this weekend and we had to talk about it. So this is what we're here for. We got the crew here first, the super producer. Jake Christie's in the house. Jake, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, I'm excited to hear that Josiah is enthusiastic. Um, but from a producing point of view, I'm going to say a phrase that I've heard many times in the producing, work that mute. <laughs> That's the plan as much as I can. We also have Black Dragon Roll in the house. Jerome Chang, how are you, sir? I am doing very well. I am excited to talk about this. I'm excited to be on this pod with who we're going to introduce next because it feels like we're never together. I know. They yes, try to yes. keep us apart. And that, and that voice we hear in the background is one Anthony Mays, producer of Cinevo, producer of pretty much everything that you can name these days. Produce it. Good. Producing it. Corn Puzzle is back. Mays, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I've been dying to get this one joke off mm -hmm. since I saw this movie. And I'm like, nah, I can't go on Twitter and do that. That's not... Wow. Fair. It's kind of a spoiler. It's exclusive. You know? We're getting exclusive. It's exclusive, baby. I've, and I think it's really good. And I'm excited to share it with you guys. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to it. I'm excited to hear it. Oh, I can't wait to hear it myself. But this movie, directed by Sam Raimi and JoJo. <laughs> directed by Sam Raimi. You want me to get it? You want me to take it, uh, the info about it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, tell it's, us about it, Jay. Yeah, it's directed by <laughs> Sam Raimi, who uh, hadn't actually directed a feature film since 2013's Oz the Great and Powerful. It was written by Michael Waldron, most notably wrote uh, Loki, and it uh, stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, and a bunch of other people, uh, and it came out on Thursday, and uh, as we always, always do, take a little brief, brief uh survey of everyone's experience seeing it uh ac i believe you saw it first of all of us right yes i did i did i saw it with my brother shots to raf uh, we went to roosevelt field three o'clock showing and i do have to say the energy in the crowd was fantastic mm -hmm. everybody was just very excited um a lot of a lot of old bleep moments and i i, I just love that that first day in the theater Marvel movie energy and it was very palpable. So like mm -hmm. as a overall movie going experience, it was awesome mm -hmm. um, to hear the cheers for the different cameos and stuff that we'll get into. But yeah, overall great movie going experience. Uh, Jerome, what was yours like? Uh, I went with my friends uh, that I've been going to a lot of the Marvel movies with, uh, Thomas, Nicole, and Kristen. Uh, we had a really good time watching. The theater was solid, I would say. Um, you saw it on Saturday, though, right? I saw it on Saturday. Uh, but even then, like, it's one of those things where I got to imagine, like, if we're talking in terms of, like, the oh shit moments, um, when you're thinking of, like, of course, the more recent uh, No Way Home, like it pales in comparison to that. Not that sure. it's a negative for the movie, but definitely, uh, you know, even in those moments, it was like more kind of audible gasps, but not a lot of like hooting and hollering and things like that. But no, it was a fun experience. Uh, I think just generally a fun movie um, that probably advertised itself as something 
bigger than it ended up being, but not that the movie itself was bad. It's just that you had to kind of temper those expectations yeah. going in. And uh, Maze, what was your experience like? Yeah, I mean, I could talk all day about the uh, ins and outs of the actual movie theater experience. I did go to the Dolby Theater here in the city, which is supposedly like the best picture and the yeah. best sound, which was a cool experience. My seat recliner didn't work, mm. and Ooh. everybody else's did, Yeah, and Ooh. I was really pissed about that, but I let that be bygones. I went with like a group of like 15 people that I don't really know that well, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Lots of nerding out afterwards and, and getting other people's opinions and stuff, so that was fun. And I really agree with Rome. I think that both of these last two movies, uh, The No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness, you throw out multiverse and it just kind of gives you the illusion of infinite expect of infinite possibilities mm-hmm. and anything could happen and then they still have to try to manage to keep these movies contained so it kind of ended up being smaller than i thought it was going to be yeah. which was a little bit of a surprise but i'm excited to talk about it mm-hmm. with you guys yeah and i saw it uh that thursday night in the imax uh at the 34th street amc and i the crowd it definitely was not anywhere ba- as big as No Way Home, but it was not, not. It was in honestly kind of the same ballpark. Like I was not the only person who cheered when Michael Stuhlbarg showed up on screen. Like it was that type of crowd. So, you and your Michael Stuhlbarg obsession. I mean, two podcasts I am. in a row with Michael Stuhlbarg. Well, no, I was. I mean, that's, right? well, well, for the record, me bringing him up now was a callback. It's a callback to the last. Oh, time. sorry. You know, I'm new to this podcast thing. I don't get yeah. how those callbacks work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a whole segment uh, for Jake today. Yeah. To talk about the Michael Stuhlbarg scene. I mean, so. it's. I don't really need to talk about that much. But we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a really fun theater experience. I think it was. Um, I don't. Know, I. The energy in the theater was incredibly positive, um, and it was a lot of fun. And honestly, I, it really is. I think I've seen every single. Marvel movie on at least the Thursday night since uh, the pandemic, and I don't have any intentions of changing that soon because it's like I it, it, I, don't, I, I it, it makes every movie feel a little bit better when you see it uh, on Thursday night. But anyway, I would happen to agree with you there. I just the overall question that you ask about every movie: How do you guys feel about it? What was your instant reaction? AC, you were the first. You came out. You and your brother Raph coming out of the theater what were you thinking i felt pretty good i think it's one of those things where you can have the expectations of multiverse this multiverse that i mean you've heard you guys have heard me on this Mm -hmm. show going back and forth about it for a couple years now and what you've been selling that kind of to us in the pod leading into it Mm -hmm. like not that you were necessarily advertising the film but i think you were sharing your very palpable excitement about just you know, things are going to happen. Nothing's going to be the same after this. And uh, yeah, sorry for cutting you off on that. But like, yeah, I am curious, like, where do you sit now? I want, I will say that I really love the direction that they're headed in making these movies more comic book like. And as for okay. me, it was more of like an enlightenment type of thing, along with all of the trippy stuff that you see with dimension, different dimensions and things like that. And there was a little bit more of that enlightenment stuff with Strange's character. So from a theme standpoint, the whole he has to hold the knife thing and really the way that they've set him up in this movie, I think excited me more so than anything, because it almost kind of feels like they're making him the like a leader 
in in a type of way. There's a very father like he has a very like fatherly figure way about him in these last couple of movies here with America Chavez and in Spider Man No Way Home with with Pete. So from that standpoint, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed this movie. Now there are other parts of it that we'll get into as we go, but yeah, that, those I I really enjoyed this movie. Big stepdad energy. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Uh, Maze, I'll go to you. How did you feel about the movie? Had a good time, man. I mean, I, I came out of it really appreciating the introduction of America Chavez. Thought she's a great addition to the, the young crop of superheroes we've, we've got going on. I'm looking forward to the Ned America <laughs> Wizards in Training Disney Plus show yes. that will never come out because Sony will block it because yeah. Ned is a Sony property. Mm-hmm. But other than that, man, I mean, yeah, like overall feeling great. Enjoyed it. I want to go see it again. Jerome. Yeah, it was a fun time, I think is the mm-hmm. way I would sum it up. Um, it, it had all the bits of uh, you know, you had a couple of reveals, you had some good action. I think, um, and I know we'll get into it in detail, but just the Sam Raimi element, I think, yeah. felt like weirdly like a breath of fresh air while also just like a nice harken back to like what we liked about mm-hmm. the old Spider-Man uh, films. And in some ways what we didn't like, or at least me personally, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it was... It was unapologetically Raimi in all the good and bad ways, in my opinion. But I think ultimately the end result is still it's very entertaining. So that's why I felt. Yeah, I think I probably like this movie the most of everyone here. Uh, this I have to see it again, but it might end up in like my you know top five to seven MCU. Movies. I think Maze takes exception to that. I think well, he really the, enjoyed what it the also. Hell kind yeah. Of yeah. Oh, is that? sorry. Yeah, I like yeah, it yeah, way yeah. More than no, I was saying <laughs> everyone was saying liked, and I'm like I came out of it like on a high, like oh. Wow, they let Sam Raimi make a Sam Raimi movie. Mm. You know what it felt like, Jake, a bit? It, like, the way No Way Home gave Andrew Garfield a, like, a way to you know, get it right after Amazing Spider-Man 2, it kind of felt like it gave Raimi a way to like get it right in comics again after Spider-Man 3. Why are we spending all this time correcting previous Spider-Man fuck-ups, huh? Is that their, <laughs> is that their number one priority? I, I, I don't know that that was necessarily the intention, but unfortunately, they, the fuck-ups are there. And so like that's Andrew just, Garfield, Sam Raimi, just go to therapy, guys. You know? You know? It's cheaper. Um, I think Sam Raimi did a really good job of making it campy and... Almost like you're just there and you're and you're really enjoying what you're watching as opposed to sometimes these things can tend to get I mean I would say even the first Doctor Strange was a little more uh self-serious in the, in, in a lot of different ways and I think this one was a was a little bit more fun obviously there are certain violent aspects of that that can continue and one of those violent aspects was the actions of one Wanda Maximoff aka the Scarlet Witch as Elizabeth Olsen took quite a turn here. And it's been it's been a hot topic on on the internet and in all of fandom. The choices that Wanda makes in this movie, 
the the violence that she goes she goes after America Chavez wanting to kill a kid just so she could get her kids back and travel through the multiverse. There, I, I have my own thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. Jerome, what did you think of Wanda in this movie? Pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, like I, I, I don't know what the conversation has been around uh, Wanda. Um, I think I might have heard either in this chat, or like in our group chat, or somewhere, like something about the inconsistency of where she's like left off after WandaVision. But to me, I'm just like, whatever. Like she mercs like the Illuminati. That's fucking cool, and mm-hmm. I. And and she gets to do it as directed and choreographed by Sam Raimi. Even cooler. Like, what are we complaining about here? So like, really? The, the, the complaint The character is, development... Okay, yeah, hit me. Because I think that I respectfully disagree with this critique. Just but say what... what been, I want to hear what the complaint the is. The yeah, critique yeah. is that it's a bad... Mis- it's a misrepresentation and kind of misogynistic to have her... Be willing to murder people just to quote because she wa- uh, wants her kids back. When in reality, an actual mother would want to do what was best for her kids. Um, that it's like, oh, isn't it misogynistic so- to just like assume how a mother wants to well, mother in I any mean, way? My response is that like I actually. I don't believe that her love for her kids is the same as a real mother's love for children because the children are made up and in her mind and they're not actually real people to her. She, I don't think, I always took it that she doesn't have any actual love and affection for Tommy and Billy because they are no more than just an extension of her. She loves the idea of being their mother. And so that's why I didn't bump on it. But I understand. I I would say that's entirely overthinking. I don't think there's really, really any intent in this movie to actually depict a strong view of motherhood or explore the ideas of what it means to be a mother. They just gave a very easy reason for Wanda to go off on people. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that. Like that's again, it was very cool to see. Uh, It was some of the most, well, no, not some of it is the most graphic uh, violence we've seen in any MCU property Mm -hmm. to date. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you, if you really want to complain and take away from me her asking what mouth and Black Bolt blowing his brains out, why, why do you hate fun? No, I don't think it's – I don't feel a problem with that bit. I think they have a problem with the bit of her being willing to kill her other universe self to take the kids because it's like if she actually cared about the kids, she would want them to be safe. And my response to that is I actually don't think she cares about the kids. I think it's a case I'm not, of – I'm not looking for logic in I multiverse think, I think it's madness. A case of – People taking a villain's words at face value, but it's not actually about the kids. I don't think it's about her. And in that case, I get I it. Yeah. Anyway, I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It this is a real this movie. It's not just a critique. That, I, like, it's some a fair critique. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I'm being very dismissive on purpose, but I, like I get that. I get the critique around it. I think to me, um, I I'm in this, especially if you're like attaching like the people behind it. Like, uh, I'm not here for the writing, at least in terms of the scripting and stuff, because. Uh, I will say, especially after we re-explored the original Spider-Man trilogy, I won't, like, I love Sam Raimi visually. I love what he does on that front. I would say he writes um, words. I guess, like, it's Michael Waldron who writes it, but just, like, there's something about the way everyone speaks that it doesn't even make sense for them to be, like, actual human relatable characters. And when I see it on that front, then I'm not really thinking too much about it. If it just, again, Mm -hmm. gets me to where it is. Um, But, yeah... AC, to your original point, 
dope. Yeah, um, and that's a and that's the thing. But I, I do want to hear from Maze too. Maze, uh, what, what did you think of Wanda in this movie? I'm pretty sure we talked before about where she's at in terms of the power scale. Yeah, and, there's that. Oh boy, does this movie show you that she is in the top tier? Like, mm-hmm. if any, like, she's all. She might be number one after yeah. what we just saw. <laughs> like, absolutely, that was devastating. Doctor Strange had to go through a lot of bags of tricks in order to even get her to be lucid for a second. You know what stops Wanda, um, Anthony or Maze? Uh, it's a Sam Raimi uh, self-destructive villain plot. That's what does it. Oh, like, that's the damn. Only that does it. Gotta yeah. watch out for those, man. You gotta, you know, just the power of the sun. I I see the complaint. I also see Jerome's whatever response to it. I would say that WandaVision did its best to lay the groundwork for this. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think if you didn't see WandaVision and you saw this movie, you're going to be confused. And I guess my biggest issue is if they they buried her in the mountain right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when when she comes back, yeah. what she does then will be the most impactful on this because I think the it's resolution clear if you just watch, be so messy. Just like how do you go back from everything? If she's how an Avenger her, after this, yeah. like you got some explaining to do. Yeah. You know, like we got we got the. We got we got her city getting destroyed, and then she ends up joining the people who destroyed it. <laughs> yeah. And then now she's going to try to destroy the multiverse, and then she's going to join the people who are going to protect it. But I, I think real that, quick, I just okay. real quick, I just wanted to say that like WandaVision gives you a, an indication that she is not well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that is why she's doing all of these things. Yeah. It's not because she's you know like the whole the great one of the great one liners in the movie is like. I'm a mother and strange being like, they're not even your kid. Like no. you didn't even, you <laughs> aren't really children. a mom. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, well, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. I, I so, think she suddenly uh, becomes the rock. The, the, the piece of ambiguity that I think <laughs> does uh, kind of make this difficult. And I wish they did more of, especially because it's not a particularly long movie is they kind of yada, yada what the dark hole did to her. Because I Definitely. think you yeah. could make it that, like, she misses her kids and that Darkhold corrupted that into making her evil, right? Like, that's – but the fact that It they made don't... it more confusing that it was a Sam Raimi movie because, like, possessive books, I'm just like, oh, I guess, like, yeah. books just work like that in a movie. I-, I think that in The Evil Dead, because it's, like, a 90-minute movie that's mostly just in one cabin, you can yada yada the power of, of a book. Of course. But I think you – they needed to be more specific with how. Well, they talk about it later. But no, I mean, like, no, but they just say, they say yeah. it corrupts you. But like, it's never clear is this 80% Wanda and 20% that are cold? Is it 20% right, Wanda? And it's... I think that that very much informs what happens next. Because if it was mostly the dark hold, then you could redeem uh, it. Oh, you're going you're gonna to say she's going to wake up after a. You know, seventy-two hour bender of freebasing Darkhold, and I mean, oh my God, what, where are my pants? What happened? Exactly. Uh, well, I, I think I think what you addressed there, Jake, is maybe kind of like, well, we just came off of Moon Knight, right? And that's Midnight. kind of the question I have of like, when you have these Disney Plus series that go I out of the way to means. do like ten hours worth of like deep ex- character exploration, and then you want to 
you have to change the pace to move it into like a feature film format, I think it gets shaky because you mm-hmm. take like this, what was arguably the most like intensive character breakdown of all the Disney Plus series in WandaVision, and then you make her one of like multiple main characters in a feature length film. Like, I think it just becomes a shaky, like, how do we get to where she is? Because mm-hmm. essentially, like, it was like the way they do it is Strange shows up, checks in on her. It seems like she's trying to get her life back together. And about 30 seconds in, she's like, aha, you caught me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we just Scooby Dooed it immediately. <laughs> and like, uh, was it America? It was America's line. She's like, so let yeah. me get this straight. You went to ask <laughs> for help. <laughs> from the person who's been trying to kill me this whole time mm-hmm. and you yes, told him yes. exactly where i am yes good okay like that's Not the type exactly of self-aware writing yeah. from michael waldron that that kind of grounded this movie i thought I mean, in it a was way. very fast but i think it's i think part of the reason that i enjoyed the movie and it worked on the weight levels it did is that i was afraid they were going to spend like 40 minutes pretending that wanda wasn't the villain and I like that it was right. like pretty quick. Like, no, let's oh, get I into the Oh, I love that they did movie. it, but just that, like, I think that change of pace makes it a little awkward when you're like trying to oh, do no, things, I agree. like I understand agree. the dark hold and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where I think the stuff with the with the dark hold at the end of Wandavision, I almost felt like, yeah, that's probably good enough, but like maybe just like five minutes, not too long, just a little bit more on, I guess, the continuing effects of it as it's it a goes. dark hold it holds the dark mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yes, I, I, yeah. I guess you could say that but i i think like overall her character is is really cool to see the most powerful people be powerful yes and i think that's yeah, a i agree i think that's an element if you're a comic book fan seeing what the Scarlet Witch did in House of M, seeing what she did in Avengers Disassembled. She killed Ant-Man. She killed Hawkeye. She did a like, she did a lot of terrible things. So if, if anything, that- this almost course corrects because, you know, you have Infinity War and then you have Okoye saying like, why was she all the way up there the whole time? Mm-hmm. And then you have her being like, she's about to take out Thanos and then they like launch everything off. But it's like clear at every point uh, that she probably is the most powerful to the point that, like, even Kevin Feige is, like, answering in Q&As. It's like, well, she's the one who almost took out Thanos. And so, and then, like, we take all of WandaVision really just more on the character side. So I'm happy that she just gets to, like, let it fly, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes uh, you have Kobe Bryant and a bunch of scrubs and he needs to go for 81. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And, yes, you can... You can talk about the Sam Raimi factor with things being one one note for for women because I know we've discussed this on the Spider Man uh, podcast about that. But I think overall, I can't really complain with how how Wanda did in this uh, in this in this this movie. But I do want to get into Strange himself. Strange has there's a lot of things going on with Strange because he seems to be very very hung up on Christine mm-hmm. as it starts. Uh, Loves her in every universe, as he says later in the film. Which is just That's objectively not true. That just can't be true. <laughs> which, which can't be true. But that's what such a Raimi line, isn't it? I know. That's such a classic Raimi line. Yo, but she ate it up, Chris. Uh, Jake, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, like, no, she, it definitely she works. She ate it out of the palm of his hand. It's a bar, yeah. but it's just not true. Which but is why yeah. it's a bar. Yeah. But but yeah, what do we think of Strange's motivations in this movie and basically kind of Christine playing as 
Uh, Rachel McAdams had a lot more to do in this one mm-hmm. than the first one. That that was that was pretty interesting. Uh, Jake, what did you think of Strange's motivations in this movie, and what those ended up looking like overall? I think that obviously the fact that it starts off with Christine getting married inevitably will bring up those old emotions. But I also think that while he does love her, quote unquote, in every universe, I think she's also a representation to. Uh, of a of a life he can't have you know that like it's while she is really special to him the specificity of her it's not like the her his specific love for her is the motivation it's kind of a thing that he can attain um no matter what and so i thought that his um motivations were interesting too because it felt a lot like he was conscious it almost was like he was conscious of his reputation in the comics of, like, freewheeling and fucking everything up. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to solve this one. You guys can trust me. And, of course, the whole problem with that is that that's exactly what makes you screw things up. Um, but I don't know. I thought that he was a really – he was good at facilitating other characters to have big moments. And I thought that, like, he definitely was a much more fun and likable Strange than his first film, uh, obviously. Um, and I think Benedict Cumberbatch is really – found a way to make a character that can be grating, uh, really charming. Maze, how do you think Doctor Strange stood out in this movie to you in a, in a lot of ways with a lot of moving parts? Yeah, Wanda, America Chavez, Wong, um, all these characters coming in for cameos and stuff like that. How do you think he stood out? I was reminiscing a little bit on the Sherlock days. Of Benedict Cumberbatch. I was like, remember when he was Sherlock? And it's like, oh, Sherlock's kind of hot. Shout out Sherlock Tumblr. Shout out Sherlock Tumblr. There's definitely a version of me in the multiverse that thought that that was going to be his peak. That (laughs) he's not going to be able to break out of the Sherlock character and go forth into the cinema world and... And he has. And that's really impressive. He's been on a tear. I didn't like Power of the Dog, but he was fucking great in it. And It seemed between- like he just acted his way out of that hole. Like, just absolutely. kept up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the more, the more you challenge him with, like, he will rise to the occasion. Like, I came out of... In, I want to say I came out of Infinity War thinking that I'd been undervaluing Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Same. And then I came out of No Way Home being like, wow, I way overvalued Doctor Strange. <laughs> and now I'm at this point. He hasn't gotten himself all the way back. I, he did He did take some steps, and he has settled into this weird stepdad role where he's got, like, I guess because Robert Downey Jr. is gone, mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to have somebody lecturing the youth about what to do, and it's him for whatever reason even though he's an unmarried bachelor who lives with his bro in the Sanctum <laughs> Sanctorum. But, you know, just two bachelors cutting it up in New York City. But it's, I mean, he, obviously this was his movie, and obviously we had to do the whole Christine thing, but, like, I, I think Benedict made chicken salad out of chicken shit to a degree with that, and I, yeah. I think the biggest thing I'm taking away from it is that he's a hell of a performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yes. with you, Maze, and I would say, like, the way you describe your experiences in how you felt about him after each movie or each, like, appearance 
is also probably emblematic of what the character is and that the character is very powerful but also very inconsistent and like that's what they kind of explore here and um yeah i i had a good time with it uh i think i like that you mentioned sherlock benedict cumberbatch because this felt like that in the way that he actually seemed to be having a lot of fun with the role mm-hmm. especially when you get to like the point of him being like thriller doctor strange oh my and, god like wait <laughs> and so it's it just like going through all those different things i like that he starts the movie as not like as not 616 uh doctor strange so mm-hmm. like it, you already kind of get a tease of everything that's coming through but um no, I mean, like, I would say, I, I don't know if I'm in that space to say that he's set to be a leader. Uh, I don't even know that I want him to be, even if he's getting prime for that sort of thing. Like, I, I just as a character, I don't even think, like, for Benedict himself. I mean, as a character, I just don't really want Doctor Strange to be leader. I just want him to be kind of like the dismissive member of the committee or council more than anything else. But, um... Yeah, I would say, you know, uh, to take a line from him, uh, you know, he did good, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would say that Doctor Strange, to me, as as we continue his journey, has been, I don't know, I, I really enjoy, I enjoy Cumberbatch, and I enjoy where this is going for him. And it's almost like there there were some, there were some parts in the movie, specifically when, he meets with the Illuminati and they kind of lay out one of one of his uh, his his variants of uh, futures and what that was. Yeah, when he sits old. down with me, Tom and Amin, mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about his time yeah. with the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. <laughs> but but yeah, like uh, I'm very curious to see where it goes. And he did meet with the Illuminati, mm-hmm. who. Uh, well, this is the first time we see them in MCU live action. They are a comic book group. Uh, there were some issues done by, uh, I think it was Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, and they had a six-issue series, and they consisted of Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Neymar, Mr. Fantastic, Charles Xavier, and uh, other members would be added later. But basically what they were, were they were these... Uh, obviously these heroes who basically decided a lot of what would happen when it came to major crises. Now, AC, um, when it comes to the books, uh, is it also stunt casting? (laughs) No, not exactly. Not exactly with that. But so when it comes to the comic books, they're just, they're, they're, they're the most arrogant group of heroes that you can find. In mm-hmm. the sense that what they do is basically they make decisions without anybody's knowledge. And this is kind of what we see here. In, it's kind of like this... the TVA. It's kind of like a lot of like groups that we've seen so far already. It's just that these ones happen to be recognizable heroes that we usually affiliate with like being on the right side of things. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. And so we we have this group. We have uh, Pat, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart returning as Charles Xavier. We have Lashana Lynch, Captain Marvel, Haley Atwell, Captain Carter, John Krasinski, Reed Richards. First time we see a Fantastic Four member in the MCU. Mm-hmm. My goodness gracious. And uh, Anson Mount as Black Bolt. And 
our guy Mordo is back. We don't see 616 Mordo in this movie, but we get the 883 version. So, guys, what do, what do we think of this version of the Illuminati? Jake, I'll start with you. First of all, Anson Mount had the biggest W, maybe of the whole year in terms of movies. <laughs> A guy I truly had never heard of him before in my whole deal as knowing actors' names. Um, Hell on Wheels Erasure from Jake Christie right now. Yeah, honestly, I'll, fine. <laughs> Uh, I can live with that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was excited to see it. I think it was really fun. And I think that the smartest thing this movie did, beyond just the fact that it's cool, is that it killed them all off. Because yes. the thing that I think yeah, a lot of definitely people... definitely joking about the sun casting. I love that they did that. The thing that a lot of people who I think don't know what makes movies good keep suggesting is that the way that the MCU should bring in the X-Men and the Fantastic Four is to bring them in from another universe. And that is, uh, there's a technical term for that. Oh, a uh, bad idea. And so the fact that they killed them off means that people won't be like, are they going to bring in John Krasinski's Reed Richards next movie? Um, I think that that was really fun and it really, it, I think it was a great thing to do to simultaneously satisfy the urge for cameos people had with this movie, but also be like, but these are just cameos. These act people do and, not And also, it, it wasn't actually, like, at least in the sense of it wasn't so much stun casting because it made sense yeah. that they displayed the hubris that got them Exactly. Killed. That the yeah. whole point is to be like, this is, this is the error in the ways of any group of superheroes thinking that they can make unilateral decisions to protect the world. It always will end up and with them And even the bigger the error to try and fuck with Wanda. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is actually more comic book-like, I would say. But go ahead, Mace. Well, yeah, that's... I didn't... I'm not picking up as... Like, I, I understand that you said, AC, that they were way more arrogant in the comics. I wasn't viewing them as necessarily, like, outrageously arrogant in this movie. No. I think no. it's definitely more they just ran into a fucking buzzsaw. <laughs> Fair. And here comes my <laughs> joke. When she... Peeled Reed Richards like string cheese and popped his head like a gusher. Mm. That is a stand up and applaud moment. Like I, I was thrilled. I yeah. was so fucking thrilled to see Jim from the office go mm -hmm. out like that in his little blue suit. Uh -huh. Especially after Somewhere I Dwight Schrute is like it, grinning with joy. It was so gratifying too because after I completely talked shit of the John Krasinski's Reed Richards casting on the on the fifth episode of Moon Knight. I was like, they should never do this ever. It's a horrible idea. And when he showed up, I'm like, fuck. Yep. And then when he blew up, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah no. half, of folks, half of folks were not happy with the casting. They they, they don't want him to be Reed Richards. So I, I, I kind of get it. And it's put them in an interesting situation, right? Because it could either be it could be him or it could not. They could yeah, easily yeah. go either way. And mm -hmm. I think that's smart. Uh, the one thing I was waiting for from this scene was superior iron man because mm -hmm. we do see the ultron we get the little ultron easter egg because mm -hmm. yep. it says ultron yes, unit yes. destroyed or whatever but mm -hmm. uh they, they kept that off the board this mm -hmm. time around which i was kind of surprised by their restraint on yeah. that mm. i do i do want to ask you guys because i was a little curious what exactly went down with their strange and why did they execute him because I wasn't totally crystal on that. I thought that they said that he would he went to another multiverse, like another universe. So I, I could break it down. Oh, yeah, go. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're facing the same Thanos threat, 
And Strange's solution to it is to use the Darkhold in order to uh, combat Okay, it. okay. And then they and, were worried that it corrupted him. Well, so it does corrupt him, and it corrupts him to a point that he causes an incursion that causes the destruction of an entire other universe. So because he but destroys an entire... Not their universe. Not their universe. Okay. So, like, he successfully... Do, like, I think he might have destroyed Thanos. I don't know. But, like, basically, because he is responsible for destroying an entire other universe... They're like he he volunteers himself essentially to be uh, killed by, um, I, and I really just want to say the full name one time: yeah. Blackagar Boltagon. Blackagar Boltagon. <laughs> That's is that which his is name? A, yeah, 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 which is a twenty-seven side shape. Um. Boltagon. <laughs> Boltagon. And obviously, the incursion stuff is is kind of leading to the eventual secret wars that we'll get at some point with the. The multiversal war that Kang was That's talking correct. about. That's correct. Antoninimini Kentonagon. Kentonagon. Kentonagon, indeed. Yeah, and so they know about this because Christine is a multiverse scientist mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. in this universe. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the other thing I wanted to ask was, I got into a spirited conversation mm-hmm. with one of the people I went to see the movie with. So mm-hmm. this is all happening because the TVA has been destroyed. Yes. That yes. they're able to and jump that... from universe to universe. But right. My, okay, yes. But my question is, like, when you say incursion... Mm-hmm. How is that different from... It is it is different than the timelines branching, right? Because, right? mm-hmm. like, what, what I essentially what I got into, and, you know, this is so inside baseball, but, like... This is the vibe. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, this is what we do. Jumping to another multiverse is not the same as doing something that creates a Correct. split in the timeline. Yeah, yes, yes. I, I, I got the idea that an incursion, and AC, if there's something very specific in the comics, correct me, was basically if you interfere too much, if you veer into another universe and like interfere with it too much, it causes it to collapse because it like relies Correct. on another universe to exist, basically. Kind of, it's essentially making multiple universes like no. But I'm saying that an incursion that causes the universe to be to collapse, I mean, would require basically if you interfere too much with another universe, it will can collapse. And then there was another interesting point that was raised was that when our Doctor Strange six one six does his little fourteen million outcomes, and this is the only one that will work, Mm -hmm. he's doing two things. He's only looking at the situations up to where he dies because mm-hmm. he literally can't look beyond that. And he's only looking at solutions in our universe. Ooh. So yes. the strange in the Illuminati world looked into another universe or looked into a timeline that interfered with another universe. And that's where he got the solution to kill Thanos. Because I think. That was one thing that I kind of came away with was like that was not the only way to kill Can- to kill Thanos that we saw in our world. I would agree with that. I yeah, think, uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. And yeah, the the incursion stuff is going to be something to watch because they mention it a lot during the movie, and I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. But um, yeah, the Illuminati was was fun while it lasted. But well, you know what? I just because uh, I think we need to shout out if we're leaving the Illuminati. Uh, okay, Charles Xavier coming in on the yellow hover chair mm-hmm. with the X-Men original anima- animated series sound drop. Like, mm-hmm. I, 
I think it just will never get like the kind of pops that like the Garfields and the Maguire uh like toby mcguire's got if only because the x-men really just never leave our consciousness like there's always a new x-men or logan or just a thing around that also like... i hate to say this but the two things about his wheelchair and the sound drop are things i'm just learning about now which is also why i sure. won't get the big no, 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 business, yeah. which is fair yeah no but like at the same time too like it's like for the crowd itself mm-hmm. like it's still should like well, it, it got a huge it could lead to that if it was like going to if it didn't right. like constantly present itself yeah. over and over again but um like to me that that was a nice touch i honestly wished at that point um since we were going that route and especially where we ended up with it like hell i mean give me like one cyclops in original gear also getting murked in the process that's what that's- i'm saying is that they still like i know that I know that there's just most of the people listening to this are on the same level. So it's not that weird to say, but like the only thing that was a reveal to me was that it was Krasinski, which is something that we already talked about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was like, I was waiting for the superior Iron Man. And when that Mm -hmm. didn't happen, that was the only, that was the real moment in the movie. where I'm like, wow, really? We're not doing that right now. And AC's like, no, 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 Secret Wars. You don't understand, Anthony. It's coming later. <laughs> oh, I'm so wise that I know so much. And you're such a such a fool for believing that Tom Cruise would show up same weekend that Top Gun Maverick comes out. But but they kept it small, right? There yeah. wasn't there wasn't that extra thing that you were looking for, Jerome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even like even in the sense of just like I understand he has all the other members of the Illuminati, but to me. I just don't see Charles Xavier traveling alone without like one of his X Men by his side. Like we don't know, up, like, we don't know enough about this world. Yeah, we don't. Fair know enough. Fair enough. Fair place. enough. But like at least in the sense of, um, that they like put those familiar elements mm-hmm. in, that gives you the opportunity of presenting it as like this is maybe the animated X Men in real life, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think on those fronts, especially because you you could be completely non-committal about it fuck it bring back james marsden let him like do his thing for a moment like dress up in like full proper like cyclops gear mm-hmm. standing next to him and trying to take one shot at wanda and blowing his face off like why not uh, i mean why it always is great to see you know james marsden get screwed over as cyclops uh, right? rewatching x2 for the uh for the live stream or truly, killed off screen for he X3. Truly is just like the most pathetic. He just all he does is just take L's and whines about it. <laughs> More like cuck lops, you know. By the chef's to great Pablo Torre for being the person to point out on Twitter that he is uh the biggest cuck in comics. Without question. <laughs> Without question. Oh man. Um but no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like yeah, all those no, things on this run. Yeah. No, what I was gonna say was like I almost wondered. No, there was a time where I had wondered, it's like, hey, are they going to just bring in mutants and just call it mutants? And that's how we go from here in this movie. But as it turns out, they just kind of wanted to just show you. It's almost like, hey, we're taking a pit stop here, but Mm -hmm. we're not like diving into it completely as we go. And, you know, almost feels like Quantum Mania will be like a little bit more of a reveal and they'll keep going there. But I think, is it, would I even use the term pit stop? It was. Just like a pit stop makes it seem like it in any way should affect what goes on in the world. It's just no, it's just a different universe. I mean, I think this is also the risk of like having a multiverse. It's just it's all inconsequential. Yeah. 
to a degree for to a degree for now i mean the only thing that we get is obviously at the end where where there's a an incursion in the 616 so right so then that that, that becomes a thing but um no i the, all those those action scenes where wanda decimates the illuminati probably is like by far the best thing in the mm-hmm. movie made absolutely without yeah. question pop, and, pop her, goals, and her and her dragging goals. her foot uh, yeah, like that was the Sam Raimi right there. He's like, what if yeah. you, what if you act like your body isn't quite up for this, uh, or when she goes full ring outside of the mirror world? Yep. Some yes. of those touches were, he really is just one of the great. I think in terms of inventiveness with like the body and possession and stuff. Yeah, he just is incredible at making movement terror. Because it it mm. really is just Elizabeth Olsen yeah. doing some weird body jerks and maybe some yep. like height like nothing that is happening in those scenes is something that he couldn't do with the money he borrowed from his dentist to make the first Evil Dead. Do you know what I mean? Right. And it's like yeah. those things are much scarier than the things that the most special effects can do. Um, and I think that yeah, it's just it's a terrifying image. The fact that she's like barefoot too. Uh, I saw yep. a joke yep. about that. Quentin Tarantino lost his mind, uh, which made me laugh. But also, like, that's also just <laughs> terrifying because it's like she's doing this and she doesn't have shoes on. This is how easy. This is light work. Right, right. Be- also, like, mm-hmm. um, just about the action, like, that you're talking about, AC, it's just we, we talk about Marvel films in general and how they all can look the same or how they might, like, lack a certain identity. Like, when we talked about the Spider-Man movies before and what definitely, like, shows itself again here is just set pieces. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, not just that, but even the earlier New York scene, mm-hmm. just like set pieces. You know where you are. Yeah. You, but and like it can be kinetic and it can switch into so many different camera angles. But it just takes you from spot to spot, from extreme close ups to wides and back and forth, and uh, does it in a way that like makes perfect sense and you can follow the action. And mm-hmm. that is something that I think often is missing from yeah. Marvel. I would agree with that. I think the mirror dimension, like when they trapped her in the mirror dimension, that body contortion stuff that she was doing when she came yeah. out, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. I really enjoyed that part. Um, Who would have thought and- Andy Circus came in for a cameo? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse no. me, Jerome. Andy Circus <laughs> is a director now. He doesn't do cameos <laughs> in Marvel movies. Thank you. No, he's he's a sad stepdad uh, butler. Um, <laughs> you lied to me <laughs> I just I can't get over that um but one of the one of the the best scenes in the movie to me and I think it's a it's one that a lot of people liked was the was uh when Sinister Strange and Doctor Strange got into a little music note battle mm. so much fun and uh, it's Jake, also a scene people hated it. Uh, which is fun to hear about I people, just don't know how you could hate that I loved it I don't know how you could I hate loved that. it I don't I've tried of late to not assume why people don't like something I like because oftentimes it's disparaging and there are a lot of things that I don't like that other people like. But you know what well, I could have used in that scene though, Jake? Mm-hmm. I could have used um, like Anthony Mackie show up uh, as Falcon in that and just yell, "Rip it, Lotto, rip it!" Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think one, I think it's one no- notable to mention that Danny Elfman did the score for this. He's Sam yes. Raimi's guy, yeah. um, yep. and great. the score great, is score. great. And... Boingo, boingo. I loved it. I love the guitar stings. I yeah. think that was mm. one of my favorite things. That's something that I think the MCU movies, I think, well, I mean, I think generally speaking, superhero movie scores are way too orchestral when you're having movies that are like sci fi and shit like that. I don't, why is it all just violins and horns? Anyway, <laughs> um, 
it's actually why I think the Amazing Spider-Man 2 score, the Electro bit, is one of the best pieces of superhero scoring. Anyway, anyhow. So the music scene was really cool because magic is horrible to visualize on screen. It is because right. it's completely... You're making up it as you go along, basically. And it's completely not, like, a thing that we have any familiarity with. So to make the things that are being used as weapons tangible, but also to be things that are not physical, was just amazing. And it was so fun in a way where you're like, of course Stephen Strange knows, like, classical music and would use that. And <laughs> it made me just, I was, it was a full grin scene. Just one of those scenes where the entire time you're just like, you're like Bong Joon-ho in the Criterion Closet. To me, this is cinema. <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Maze, what about you? I know you love the scene, too. We talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I had some questions about how they made it. And part of me thought that the music might have come first, or at least they had, like, consultations with Danny mm-hmm. Elfman about how to do it, you know. Because that was essentially like, all right, Danny. You're going to carry the movie for, like, five minutes here. Like, it's cool right. to have the, the visual effects of the fight. And I thought it was really clever. But it, without the music being on point, that mm-hmm. doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought the results was cool because it kind of seemed like they were just jamming. Yeah. You yep. know? Yeah, no, no it was a really fun time. Uh, it reminded me of the Scott Pilgrim Battle of the Bands. Yes. Um, Just... Yeah, like, why would you be mad at that? It was just, like, a fun visual thing in a place, like, in a movie where anything is possible, you can't be, like, this is stupid. Like, well, I guess you can be this is stupid and, like, be annoyed by it, but, like, it's entirely plausible and it's super cool and that was hella fun. I mean, I think Sam Raimi is the greatest director of all time at a person fighting themselves. I mean, Mm. he just is, he is the best. One, he was making, you know, movies for $5,000 worth people fighting themselves. And the fact that he has the budget now, like, that's the thing, too, is that all the scenes where Strange is fighting himself, there's never one moment where you can see a, where you see a camera angle where you're like, they're just doing this so they can have two Benedict Cumberbatches. The camera moves right, just yeah, yeah, as yeah. much. It's just as seamless. And I think that that is what really makes it feel real that the way that a scene between two of the same person is shot is shot the exact same way that they would shoot any other scene absolutely absolutely i would be remiss if we didn't get to talk about our guy um the people's champ i would say uh mr wong Mm -hmm. wong is in this film he's the sorcerer supreme we got let's give him some love uh jerome what, what did you think of wong as the sorcerer supreme bow to the champ um babysitting sucks clearly uh just he he's if i mean you're talking about like people primed to be leaders like we got our leader we don't need strange to do it like he can be just the wild card with like you know who gets all the shots off but like wong's here responsible as fuck he's got magical powers but he's also like grabbing all the avengers onboarding them like i've never seen a better orientation system since the whole organization's been put together um <laughs> like if anything yeah like needs to fortify things 
uh, I would say it was downright comical to see him battle Wanda um, and just yelling like, but I, like you wish there were more uh, abilities to have like F-bombs in it because like they would be flying in that moment because just like watching all your students just really not come through hey, There uh, could have been you. two. There could have been two. The MCU has not yet had an F-bomb and they, it's really disappointing because they can it's, do two every movie if they, if they wanted to. Oh. Let's let's get there, you know. But yeah. uh, no, no. Shout out Wong. I mean, every time he shows up, he shows exactly why he deserves everything that he's been giving so far. Simple as that. My biggest takeaway uh, was not yeah. enough Wong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My biggest they takeaway was more. that Benedict Wong has really slimmed down a lot, and I'm proud of him. My other takeaway is like I've never been so aware of reshoots because of the like disparity like just the disparity in hair like at different points mm-hmm. like sometimes he has his natural hair sometimes he has his like boy band wig cut that he has going on i'm not sure what that was um but yeah no no that that's a great point maze just like, we, not enough can we talk about reshoots real quick small tangent did you guys notice how it seemed like they shot all the scenes with the kids when they shot wandavision mm. Mm. yeah because like I know kids, there was shooting of that while WandaVision was going on. The kids looked exactly the same, yeah. and all the scenes were in that one house. And it's like, <laughs> right, all right, right, we're doing WandaVision today, I mean, that's, and that we're going to bang out this, these scenes I mean, here. the way they were written and acted, you could have just thought that they were actually built out as an AI at this point that just said sure. random that would be like, cheaper. 50s errors. Yeah, just, in the long run, right? I, I mean, get away from my mom. Kids. It, it definitely was, I think, a good idea because there would be nothing worse than if one of them had like a growth spurt and the other one didn't so mm. smart move for sure for sure and and the, yeah the stuff with wong is always just generally funny and i just love that he seems completely over his head despite being the sorcerer supreme <laughs> it's the funniest part of the movie in a lot of ways i mean the good thing though is that the reason why it's good that he's a sorcerer supreme is because that he is right to think that they're in over their heads. Strangest problem yes. is that he would be like, no, we can't fix this. <laughs> like, Wong is like, no, we're screwed. Yes. Yes. Oh, what did we think of Zombie Strange that we got at the end? He takes the body of the of, of Defender Strange who dies at the at the outset of the movie and he has to use the dark hold, open your third eye, uh, Illuminati, Illuminati, Big Illuminati. Big time uh, Illuminati future drop movie for me. I was, I'm in the theater <laughs> taking notes. I'm like, well, this is coming back. Got to get this going. That The ghoul, ghosty, uh, what you call it, skeleton-like creatures as a cape was so cool. I just bugged out at that, that part. That was, not to keep harping on it, but I really do mean it. That is just Raimi-like. I haven't made yes. a movie in 10 years. I'm dr- dropping so far in my bag. Because also, what it reminded me a lot of a movie that I also How watched. much money do I have? Like, that's, that's I, like how movie, much money are you giving me for this one? A movie I also watched during the 24-hour stream was Dark Man, which is a movie I recommend to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's an original mm. superhero movie that Sam Raimi made in 1990 starring Liam Neeson, where Liam Neeson plays a guy whose face is mostly burned off. And the zombie strange has a very similar look in that, like, it's you know, decaying skin, but there's the one, like, bit of his cheek that's out, and I think it's, it's almost like the same enemy has, like, a, is agnostic to whether or not, like, a ghoulish creature is good or bad, because I think he <laughs> likes to have characters who are, like, disfigured and normally would be bad guys, where it's like, in all of the ads we saw Zombie Strange, I don't know about you, I'm like, oh, he's a bad guy, 
where it's like, oh no, right. no, yeah, no. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange yeah. is the hero. <laughs> yeah, no, they got me with that one too, Jake. Exactly, just like you said, because you know we've all seen the trailer and we all saw him bury mm-hmm. Zombie Strange at the, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Be like, oh, this will be a fine place to leave mm-hmm. him, and this definitely won't come back at all mm-hmm. during the course of this movie. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. It was such a great spin on it, and. Yeah, like AC was saying, when he gets when he gets all the souls of the damned and turns it into like a multi-limbed jetpack, and then essentially just six them on Wanda, it was it was excellent, and I thought that yeah, it was perfect. Sam Raimi, it was perfect subversion of the expectations. It was a great homage a great to scene. Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus. It was perfect. Yeah, all around. That's yeah. what Jerome was waiting for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for months. <laughs> for months. <laughs> No, no, I Zombie know. Stranger was uh, dope. Just, um, I, I've seen dope so many times on this dope, squad. Dude. Dope, dude. So it's dope. so cool, bro. It's real oh, great dude, vibes. Have you seen the multiverse, <laughs> dude? That shit's dope. Oh, man, he used to be dead. Um, yeah, no, no. I, it was, I mean, like, that's also, we were talking earlier about Benedict. Like, tell me that he wasn't having, like, the time of his life doing mm-hmm. that role. Just, like, playing, just adding everything strange but just like a little bit of a uh, in it is hello yeah. hello fun oh, so i love that i love that it wasn't that it wasn't cgi and it was practical because mm-hmm. it just made it look more genuine and mm-hmm. and it, it just gave the scene the layers that it that it needed as we got towards that that final fight where america chavez realizes her her powers and how to use them and attempts to fight wanda but then tricks wanda into seeing her kids and then she kind of turns into a, a really crazy lady mm-hmm. towards the towards the end of this and uh it, it's weird i mean obviously she's still alive yeah. and that's something that you know we'll see in a future project elizabeth olsen has kind of already alluded to this yeah that she's gonna be back so we'll see what happens with that but the as we get to the end of the movie strange kind of figures out or at least we think he figures out um where he's going for the time being and then as it ends, open your third eye, open your third eye. The third eye shows up. He's been corrupted by the dark hole. Jake, mm-hmm. what, what did you think of that moment? As the movie I mean, ended? really just a great ending, a great like uh, cliffhanger and also just like a fun, but also funny at the same time in a mm-hmm. way that it, like, it's not actually horrifying. It's kind of yep. like, oh, whoa, did see that coming. Um, and yeah, it also just, it just made me excited to see what happens next because uh, – you know, you stare into the black, the black will stare back, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and Maze, just from a, like an editing standpoint, this was the first mid-credit, mid-credit scene where people kind of were confused of how the movie ended. And then we go to the mid-credit scene and Strange is back walking, chilling after he had fainted in a previous scene. So that, that part felt a little disjointed, but as we get to the mid-credit scene, um, I almost see... would have flipped him, AC. Mm. <laughs> you, you, oh, you, oh, you. I might have had Charlize show up at the end of the movie, and I might have had the third eye as the the mid credits. I don't, I don't oh. see how that hurts you at all. That's honestly yeah. at that point, I kind of just wish there were no mid or post credits that just ended. Also, on that. that I mean, I that. like the end post credit yeah. scene. I mean, we, no, we that, yeah, that Bruce. one's fun for sure, for sure. Bruce, yeah, yeah. Bruce. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about Bruce in a sec. But the, obviously, Charlize Theron shows up she, as Clea. Clea in the comics is known yeah, as the, 
<laughs> oh shit! <laughs> As the love of Doctor Strange in the, in the books, <laughs> and Jerome, and um, and so like, Clea goes. Uh, there's a, there's some incursions going on, and she's clearly in the dark dimension of um where Dormammu resides. And Strange just hops along. The third eye opens, and he just hops along, and and they're out. Now, Jerome, what did you think of that? That was funny. Um, this is why you don't want Strange to be a leader. So he can just, like, go do whatever the hell he wants whenever he wants. Mm -hmm. So much for loving Christine in every universe. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Who needs a Christine when you got a Charlize? Can I also just say... isn't looking too hot. A thing that Michael Springthorpe, who I saw the movie with, whispered to me during this, one of the scenes in, what was the other universe, 828 or whatever? It wasn't that. Mm. It was, like, 83. Um... He said, and I think it's correct, like, you know, it's nice to confirm that uh, Rachel McAdams is really hot, well, no matter what color hair she has. Um, and so, like, yeah, I, I think that different strokes for different folks, but, you know, that version of Rachel McAdams, I definitely would probably take over crazy Charlize Theron. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm just, you know. Wow. Wait until the end of the podcast for that take, huh? I, I mean, I don't think that that's that crazy of a take, but I also think no, it's a very, no, no, no. you know what, I think it's a very soft boy take, and I think that I can live with that. Mm. Before we before we get to the the end, and I do want to bring up the line that's uh, that's been sticking with me since I saw the movie, which I thought was just such an amazing subversion of like just the the roteness of movie structure and the MacGuffin mm-hmm. of the whole movie, which is the the good book, the counter to the dark. Oh hole. yes, yeah, yeah. The book of Ages is that was Ages. Ashanti. Ashanti. I don't know Ashanti. where the fuck I got Ash- yeah, ages yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. From Ashanti. Yeah, as protected ja by Ja Rule. Yes. Exactly. The book of Beyonce is know that book. Yeah. He gets to the book and all, and we just did Deuter's My Car, right? Where the trans, the continuum transfunctioner is a very mysterious and powerful <laughs> device whose mystery is only exceeded by its power. And every time you ask anyone about the book of Ashanti, what do they say? It gives the sorcerer what he what he needs. All right. And then Benedict gets to the book and he goes, Okay, book, give me what I need. <laughs> <laughs> and it immediately gets destroyed. It was so good. Oh, it was great. Fuck MacGuffins. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go on, AC. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and we didn't get to talk about two things. Jake, we have to talk about Michael Stilbarg and his one scene mm-hmm. where oh it God. seemed like... <laughs> yeah, I'll make it quick. I'll make it quick. I don't even want you to do yeah, a preamble. I'll just make it quick because yeah. this is, bit, is I think... I actually do have a real thought on it because people are like, why is he even in this? I think they're clearly trying to keep him around if they want to make him a villain and I'm sure he was more than happy to show up for one day for $500,000 and wear a blonde wig. And so, like, I guess also, like, that's my favorite thing about the Marvel movies where they can just have actors who are way too overqualified to do one scene do it because it's easy and then they always can come up later. I mean, it's a that's a future, not a bug. Anyway, what was the other thing? No Pangborn, guys. No Pangborn. Yeah, I was fuck. on Red Alert. We I'll didn't get Multiverse Pangborn. One of my that's favorite, why I have to give Multiverse Madness a thumbs down. One of my favorite <laughs> moments in podcast history was on when uh, The Ringers, what was it, Binge Mode the did? No, the when, they, when Binge Mode did... Uh, the Marvel movies when Jason Concepcion was hypothe- hypothesizing about Pangborn's PER on the best <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, and yeah, like, and you mentioned uh, no Pangborn. And again, like I said, no, I was looking forward to seeing what 616 Mortal was up to and we didn't get that yet. So I guess we're, we're holding him over 
mm. until uh, until the next one. I, I would assume he's still out there. We just get one mention of him as Strange mm-hmm. tells the Illuminati that he's uh, that that he's uh, that Mortarland six one six is trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. But we did get Bruce Campbell in this movie as well. Can we talk about America Chavez? I feel like we. Yeah, didn't. we didn't really touch upon. Oh, we talked. We we I, I know we touched on it briefly, but yes, if it, yes, if you'd like, uh, if you go ahead, Jerome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jerome. No, just start off, Jake. Go go. I, I mean, I don't want to wade into the differences between the comics because I honestly don't know, and I don't mean this as dismissive. I don't care because I only nope. obviously can take it. I actually I, don't care either. I can no. only take it as what the text is. I thought that it was she was a really fun character because I think superhero movies a lot of times will deal with characters that can't control their powers but like not really whereas this is an example of a character who truly can't control their powers but i also love the reveal of wait of course you can control your powers because you're ending up in like universes that help you like you think Mm. you're not but it's like it's not a coincidence that you're always ending up in the right place and i think that whenever you can do a reveal like that where you don't guess it but then in hindsight it's like of course it's not actually random it she couldn't possibly have randomly put them in all the right universes. Um, I thought that was really inventive and cool. Um, and I thought that the uh, that Zochi Gomez, um, I am famously the most critical uh, person of actors under the age of 18. I think that she, I had to look, I was shocked to learn she actually is under 18. I'm like, she's just got to be a super young looking 25 year old because she's has such poise and charisma on screen and mm-hmm. really holds her own against the two Benedicts. Um, and so I'm excited to see what they do with her going forward. Um, I feel like that leather jacket, I mean, that, uh, jean jacket is going to be a big, uh, hot item. And yeah, I think that she really knocked it out of the park. Um, it was real positive for me. Uh, the only thing I'll add to that is I really like that we have a new young character in the MCU who has no reverence for the Avengers. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Maze, you have anything extra on America Chavez? I thought the origin story was a little rushed. Yeah. I could have done yeah. a little bit more with that, but you know, it's like, oh, she's got two and moms. And I think you could say you could oh, say fairly that this one's rushed because we don't have any confirmed like Disney Plus series or anything right. that's going to explore. Right, right, right. So this is like what we're getting at face value. Yeah, and so that and that leads into the next question, which is like, what's next for America Chavez? Is she going to be in a Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yo, we're bringing back Turtle Tob. Is that the future? (laughs) Yes, Uh, Turtle, Turtle, Turtle. Uh, Turtle. I. I, That's always you know. That this is my. I'm an impatient guy, and it's as soon as something's over, I want to know. Want to know what's next, and Mm. that's how I feel about Moon Knight, and that's how I feel about America Chavez. Mm Let me know where they're slotting That's in. That's kind of MCU's fault. They like even if you were like even yeah, if you man. worked at like that initially, yeah, they're just, like, they're just making you that plus way. The, plus, they do this shit where they sketch out the next like five years, and you're like, all right, yes. well, you know, Doctor Strange. I know Doctor Strange two just happened, but he's obviously real important. Mm-hmm. And where can I peg him in to show up in the next? five things that are coming out mm-hmm. you know like it, it there's not really space so we did, we got a great introduction to this character i really liked her i thought the performance was excellent the movie hinged on her and she nailed it mm-hmm. now what and i think an important thing for all the now what questions because i feel like i think i've gotten very good at and people who listen to this pod may honestly if you honestly disagree let me know but i feel like i've gotten very good at reading tea leaves and in interviews of how enthusiastic actors are or aren't about continuing to play these characters yeah and it feels yes. like and this is a thing that almost anyone who's ever worked with Sam Raimi has said, that, like, 
everyone is like, absolutely, I want to keep playing this character. Like, especially even Benedict Cumberbatch, who you could see being like, I'm going to be 50 in like seven years. I don't want to keep doing this. Um, he seems like he's like, there's way more Doctor Strange. Elizabeth Olsen feels a massive ownership. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years there's a project with Wanda where Elizabeth Olsen is like an EP. Um, Benedict Wong loves it. I think Xochitl Gomez, obviously, because she's, you know, young and upcoming. It feels like this will will beget more things just because it was a great experience for everyone. And so all any anything where there's an issue with maybe someone not wanting to sign on would be more Elizabeth Olsen in particular is very much the player that has seen other like starting members mm-hmm. like like leave the team and they are now guaranteed and given the minutes that they are given that it's a given like for sure they're signing that contract extension. and i love the ownership she feels over the character because i think that that's mm-hmm. like yeah that i and I, I i reading some interviews with her too while we were talking about the criticisms that people had of her character i feel much more i i, I think that she was very involved with shaping the character and how it was portrayed from WandaVision to here. So, like, I actually think that, if anything, any if, if people do have criticisms of the way her character was done, that's fine. But I don't think that it happened because of, like, a carelessness. I think that she cares yeah. very deeply and was... And the Wanda that we see on screen is what she wanted to have on screen. And well, so that's I was going to nice. say, to that point, it's just, like, if you really have a criticism about, like, ultra-violent Wanda in this, like... A lot of it was probably to serve what Elizabeth Olsen wanted to do with the character. If that keeps her in the role, it's well worth it. I mean, it. I also saw and one last thing I'll leave on it is that I saw someone make a point that maybe the problem isn't that Wanda is too much of a monster in Doctor Strange, more so that the end of WandaVision lets her off the hook more than it should. That maybe she was this much of a monster right. all along, which I'm kind of on that side. But anyway, I don't. We don't I am think on that side. Yeah, I think they let her off too easy. And yeah. now. They're facing the yeah, yeah especially of it. with the way that you know, and, and it, it's also that we can have five seconds where we think she's good again in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the post credit her... scene in WandaVision alone already showed that she's well on her way to just like back on her bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I see what I th- I agree with Jake. I think that the the ending of WandaVision has done even less service here in the result mm. of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, and I think you guys summed it up well in terms of the excitement for this Mm -hmm. and going forward and stuff like that. So we can go into final thoughts. Uh, Maze, overall, where did where do you feel like this hits for you in terms of the overall uh, scheme of movies in the MCU? Yeah. So as the person who loved this movie the most on this podcast (laughs) and definitely has the best things to say about it out of anyone here. so my my big four. I was talking to AC about this. I was trying to power rank it. I was trying to to get a feel. Are we doing this in the scheme like all MCU or Phase Four? I didn't prepare all MCU. So let's just. Do I mean, I, we don't need to go through all of them. I'm just saying, right. like, I, I made I made some tiers. I think my my number one tier, I call it untouchable, is Ragnarok, Infinity War, the first Guardians, and Civil War. And okay. I don't think that this movie cracked that. I think I that's the I top put it four. Yeah. I honestly, I think I like this movie more than Civil War, but I'm also not that high in Civil War compared to most people, but continue. And then I think this movie slots in, and I was kind of debating. I think the easiest debate is this or Far I also love that no Maze has uh, Civil War ahead of Winter Soldier. That's yeah. my favorite No, I, I do because of the introduction, introduction of Spider-Man, man. Thank I, you. I think that that's fair. I also <laughs> – I also people, de- I actually people think ask no you, Maze, definitely uh, like, better. How could you like Civil War – 
more than Winter Soldier. I'm like, one has Spider-Man. That's true. And, you know, like, I think they're both really good. Like I said, I like think the, they're both really good. The, I next, just, the next tier for me and like it is Black Panther, mm-hmm. Captain America, Winter Soldier and the first Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. And okay. so in, in my head now, the, the tough part is, is is far from or is No Way Home better than Homecoming? I don't know. I like it's I tough. really can't yeah. decide. And then I think and then the next question is, is multiverse better than far from home? Or God, I keep doing this. Is is multiverse better than No Way Home, the last Spider Man with all the Spider Men? Yeah. And I kinda think it is. Like if I if I, I I need a little bit more time to marinate to be sure. They're both on this tier, and that gets mm. me to nine. And that's that's what I feel like really strong. So it's like about. a top ten. Mm-hmm. It's a top. It's it's yeah. be- like Jake said between five and seven. That's exactly right. That's exactly where it is. I mean, I say for me, top ten easy. Yeah. Uh, top ten easy. I like I said, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I mean, there are very. I didn't quibble with as much as stuff as people did. I thought it was different. I thought Raimi was in his bag the entire time. The action, the real like violence to a degree was just like it was kind of jarring to see but it was really cool to see at the same time and i really legitimately think that dr strange had some good character motivation Mm -hmm. stuff going forward for him that overall kind of pushed me to a place where yeah all that stuff including america chavez's introduction which was well well done add the wong stuff i i would say it's a top it's a top eight film top eight it's in my okay. it's in my it's in, it's in my top eight and um when i see it again i'll kind of reevaluate and see if it goes any higher than some of the stuff that i already have because i think i had infinite i had infinity wars number one mm-hmm. infinity wars is my favorite um but yeah um uh i don't think i have it i forget exactly where like i actually put it in like rankings uh like total mcu and i'm pretty sure if i count out all of them it doesn't crack top 10 but that's also like i just it doesn't like put it this way an MCU movie not being in the top 10 with all the movies that it has mm-hmm. doesn't say anything about the quality of the yeah. movie. We it's, do an MCU podcast, so... Yeah, um, I, but, like, um, anyway, so to that uh, point, yeah, like, I really like the movie. I like uh, Maze's take about it might be better than No Way Home, um, just because, I, like, No Way Home definitely, like, really rests on the excitement of the reveals. But, like, as a movie itself... Um, probably has like the biggest potential of fall off uh on that reason alone um and yeah like it's it's just really hard to take away like if we're to argue this is sam raimi in his bag and sam raimi is arguably one of the top mcu directors we had to date Mm -hmm. then it almost like on those two alone should have this movie ranked pretty high Uh, um but yeah i think all cling tight to that top five possibility until fucking love and thunder comes out in two months and breaks I, I, that I shit. Think, well so i think the difficult thing for me at this point is just uh it's it's one of those things where um it's impossible for me at this point to like really be able to uh evaluate any mcu property just because there's so many things before it yeah. mm-hmm. and and it's coming at you so fast with yeah it's coming, coming at you so at fast uh I would say it's not fatigue anymore. It's just kind of a general like malaise where like I, I, I'm entertained by it. I love it, but I just don't know what's the thing that like outside of like gimmicks, like 
gets me all the way up there apart from like this is all just like really fun mm -hmm. guaranteed high quality viewing yeah um minus the internals i think that uh i think i definitely like no way home better than it but i think i also just love no way home for all that is i also rewatched no way home during the live stream and i it a lot of it still really was dope um but yeah i think on the, i think on that note to what jerome was saying is i think that now that we're at 25 movies yeah. or whatever it's the rewatchability yeah Mm -hmm. because every movie is going to be every movie since infinity war and maybe even before is going to be impactful mm -hmm. for what happens in it yeah yeah and that it's like it's all part of a piece of a building block to get to what it's the next thing is so if you can go back to it mm -hmm. that's what makes it special it, well it's, it's you know what the other thing too is and maze you talked about it on moon Knight. it's now becoming more a matter of taste than it is mm -hmm. any kind of like real quality yeah. to it is like is this movie more your kind of thing mm -hmm. simply that yeah and so i think that this movie was very much my shit in a lot of ways um especially because i'm not as much as it was maze's shit right no of course not no, actually i actually more, think maze likes more it more than i really just i you know <laughs> sometimes i just I wish that I was in a different universe in which I thought before I spoke. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, eight eight three Jake is so eight eight three. I'm so thoughtful. Eight eight three Jake started off with. I just want to get the temperature around the room of how everyone feels before I make my yeah, assessment about uh, how I feel about it. What a nice yeah. guy. At some what point, at some point, you would think that I would learn that like there are ways to describe your feelings without just using hyperbole. But it hasn't happened yet. But anyway, um, I, I think that. This is definitely my second favorite movie in um, Phase 4. Uh, I think that, and, and like I said at the beginning, I think that if Kevin Feige uses this movie as a way to get directors to do their own thing more, I think that, that, I think that that's kind of the thing that the MCU needs to do going forward now. Because as we're talking about... The irony of it, too, is that Sam Raimi is a replacement in this. I know. Oh, my God. I'm Scott Derrickson. Who has a he legally has an executive producer credit on this movie. Uh -huh. And I just it's not fair because it's not the same type of movie, but I will get a chuckle when his new movie, uh, The Black Phone, comes out and makes like five million dollars opening weekend. It will just be like, <laughs> Man, you really fumbled the bag here. Uh it's it's so fucking funny that he left and there's like, Oh, we're just gonna get one of the top ten genre filmmakers of <laughs> in American film history. Nice. Thanks for Did leaving, anybody man. lose bigger than Scott Derrickson? Maybe no. Anson Mount? Actually, no, I guess he won. He won. Black Bolt. Black Bolt, yeah, yeah sure. But uh, it's so funny that that happened. But yeah, I want I want them to go after some, you know, directors with distinct styles. And and this movie can be a way of saying like, hey, we won't completely silence Ooh, you. I, um, that's, that's a – like that doesn't make a case there, but doesn't – isn't the opposite case present in Chloe Zhao in I would argue Eternals? that Eternals is not – very distinct in the in the in the parts that matter i guess what i'd say right that it's but just in the sense that like you know like you're saying this is an advertisement for an a director to be able to do it i don't know that we've really gotten to the point where we can guarantee that sort of thing that's true i guess what i would say is that a, a director it still needs to fit marvel a yes I would say. but a, what i mean is that because what marvel's been doing is they've been getting indie directors who make movies nothing like Marvel movies to do it. I'm thinking that you can get directors who have very distinct styles that do action movies or stuff like that and yes. can import that into the MCU because yeah. it's very easy to or take... Or Taika Waititi. Yeah, but it's easy to take a uh, director who has, like, talky indie movies and be like, we'll just give you the house style of action. Um, 
Whereas this, like, you know, Sam Raimi has a distinct... They, it wasn't just Marvel action scenes with Sam Raimi doing everything else. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really loved it. I love the Bruce Campbell cameo. Um, I believe this is the third time that Sam Raimi has made him beat himself up on camera, uh, which right. is great. Uh, what are you, like, I mean, on that note, Jake, um, because we had things like Infinity War where, like, James Gunn specifically directed the, like, Guardians of the Galaxy scenes, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I need Sam Raimi to get, like, a directing cameo on the next big event. Just, like, give yeah. him a Sam Raimi scene, mm-hmm. and I think that'd be dope. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that and that's pretty much it. Uh, Multiverse of Madness was quite the film. We'll see what happens next as we go to Miss Marvel. That's coming out in a few weeks. So we're not far from that. Another thing, mm-hmm. and then Love and Thunder, another thing, and on and on we go in the MCU. Uh, I want to thank Anthony Mays for joining us today. Mays, appreciate you, brother. Where can we follow you? Where can we find your work? At Corn Puzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Check out Basketball Illuminati. Check out Cinephobe. Start there. Those are the those are the big dogs. There's a lot more. But, yeah, wake me up from my dream walk when Love and Thunder comes out, guys. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Jerome Chang, where can we follow you, sir? Uh, you can find me at Vlad Dragon Roll on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And Jake Christie, you where can, can we follow You can follow me at the Jake Christie. I want to thank everyone who came on to and donated to the live stream, the charity fundraiser for Equality Florida. We raised uh, over $3,700 for LGBT rights in Florida. Uh, watch the space. I'm going to be doing more live stream stuff going forward. Um, definitely not as long and uh, definitely not as crazy, but I really enjoyed it and want to do some more stuff. So. Jake was Jack Bauer. He really, he really was yep, Jack Bauer. I was. Mr. Jake. Uh, and um, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three for uh, Anthony Mays and Jerome Ching and Jake Christie. And obviously, you can follow the show at MC University Pod. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>